0: Hi there, this is Stuart McKee, host of Musicians FAQ Podcast. Please join me weekly where we have music and chat with some of Canada's hottest artists Was Hills Walter and Steve Offerman with their David Bowie-influenced song, Shave. My name is Stuart McKee, and this is Musicians FAQ. Got to love Welcome back to part two of our interview with Hills Walter. Last week, we talked about some of the early musical influences that Hills had, including David Bowie and Elton John, as well as playing some of the early music and collaborations that he had done. Hills talked about the importance of having the right people on your team and having somebody that really understood your music and stood by you. Let's pick up the conversation where we left off.
1: Yeah, and I have another friend, uh, uh, Jamie Decker, who's been doing the same thing. He's done sound for us for quite a few shows as well. I think he was very influential in getting us into the Kitchener blues festival. Um, And, and um, Jamie's another, you know, solid source that's really helped the band grow as well.
0: I wanted to ask you about that. So how was it playing the KW blues festival? It must've been a blast. It was interesting. We, we had only been able to get onto
1: King street for like with the jam blasters And then fog finally got to play the first blues festival but we were in front of the tri city store, which was really wonderful, I was so happy that um, tri cities sponsored us and. I think that gave us a little bit of a foot in the door, but it wasn't until we actually recorded. um, into the fog that the big stage uh, came calling and they gave us the Sunday slot um, with the, you know, where the breakfast is. Um, So we were down in the park. So we really thought, well, let's just go. We'll do the best we can and have a lot of fun. We really thought that no one was going to come and see the very first band on the Sunday afternoon. And uh, when we first started, I think approximately, you know, a hundred people came in and we were thought wow this is great there's 100 people by the time we were done the set the tent was full and that there was a you know a group of people outside the tent and we were thinking where'd these people come from like what's going on and i think the fact that holger peterson had played us on the cbc radio um we had started getting maybe a little bit more following than than i had thought and uh yeah it was a great experience man we i have a i have this really wonderful picture that sort of signifies the connection of the band finally where we're all standing on stage taking a bow but the the audience is full and complete in front of us out out throughout the whole tent it was full (laughs) it was awesome that's gonna be
0: a great feeling i you know and i think there's something magical about playing that tent i mean I think sometimes the people who go down to that tent and the bands they have, I mean, they're the real music fans and there's a certain, you know, they have the gospel breakfast on the last Sunday, the pancake breakfast, which we always bring our son out to. And, you know, there's just some magic happening down there. And, and when you get a full tent and people are dancing and it's just a really, really great vibe. Well, that's another
1: friend of mine actually handles that tent, uh, Mark Fortuna. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he's, all, he's been in and out of my musical career as well. So, you know i've been really lucky to be working with some of the best techs this town has had to offer like like leo and uh and mark and and brad and john and you know just when you're connected with those guys i think they give you that extra effort to make to make the sound on stage you know crystal clear and awesome right and randy roland can't forget him he's awesome (laughs) you know um When I was younger and we were playing the cornet, John um, Riley used to actually make board tapes for us. And he would bring them to my hotel room and everybody out and sit down with me and he'd play the tapes. And he was the first person that made it very clear that you're not here to pick up girls and be a rock star you're here to learn and now my time with you and here's the cassette tape and we're going to listen to it and i'm going to explain what needs to be done on that stage so john riley made music very serious for me very early in in the start of uh my musical career he was an amazing influence for us and and i don't think he even knows how much he connected with me you know (laughs) he made he made um music more important than beer
0: <laughs> that's a huge undertaking <laughs> well you know and i think you know. that you kind of hit the nail on the head i mean for a lot of people who get into music we all love music there's a lot of music fans but to really get into it to the level that you're talking about now you know you've got to start kind of putting some priorities in place and putting some other things aside and and it really does become about the hard work and you know, not accepting a second rate sound, you got to listen back and hear, you know, where do we make some mistakes? Where, how can we improve that show? And I, you know, I think the proof is in the pudding. When when I see you guys play, I mean, clearly, it, it's a dedicated group of, of of musicians and singers and songwriters. And, you know, you've got to be able to really take that next step and to get to the next level.
1: Well, man, all you have to do is yeah, turn on tiktok and and you can see the kids that are out there playing nowadays they're, they're amazing it's just amazing you know so you got
0: to stay on top of the game if you want to if you want to compete you know if you want to be there yeah right? competition is fierce for sure and it and, and especially as a band i think you know people a lot of people say well you know rock guitar music is dead or bands are dead and, and things like that and you know maybe as being the overall Sort of central part of of popular music, they they've lost a little bit of stature. But I mean, there's still so many people out there who love that stuff. But yeah, you're right. The competition, the what the young people are doing, and you see it on TikTok, you see it on you know The Voice and American Idol, and, and just on YouTube, it's it's unbelievable. And I you know I think they had a lot of advantages that maybe we didn't have, where there's so much, so many tools that are at their disposal. There's so much. Information so many great performances that everything is available, you know. Whereas we had to kind of sit down and and listen to a record and pull the needle back and say, How did they do that again? Yeah, you should hear some of the
1: lyrics I sang over the years and then found out, Oh, that was wrong okay <laughs> anyways that was that was a fun part of uh, of actual like digital stuff coming out and, and and having all the lyrics to to find in that type of thing right
0: Was in the backwoods by Fog Blues and Brass Band from the 2018 album Into the Fog. So the Memphis International Blues Challenge. Tell me about that. Wow, that was that was
1: over the top. You know, um, when we did the show with the Ghost Town Blues Band, um, things started coming together rather quick. You know, uh, Matt and I talked. And, um, he said, man, you've got to get this band involved in, in, you know, the, um, Memphis blues challenge. Like, like, like it's a, it's a good band. And then of course, Jamie had been pushing us for a while. Uh, Jamie himself, uh, had a whole plan in his head, never said anything to us, but he was, he was like, these guys are going to come out and they're going to play and, and the challenge and and uh we're gonna get them down to memphis well of course there was an actual competition here in kitchener that had to take place first and uh we had no idea how we would do but we went in and um fortunately we won the right to go down to memphis um got aboard a plane went down some of the guys went down in cars um and we you know put our show on a stage and uh it felt right you know we we weren't down there playing memphis blues that's for sure we were playing canadian blues and and by that i i mean true canadian blues blues that was uh developed by people like the band or um downchild downchild yeah you know um there was if you sit down and listen to memphis blues and the slow drawl that's in it. And then you listen to Chicago blues and that up, upbeat pump. Uh, and then you send that over a telephone line and what comes out at the other end? Well, Canadian blues to me, right. <laughs> you know, and, and it's a little bit um, rocky. It's a little bit bluesy and it's, it's, uh, it's saturated. And we took that down to Memphis and we, we put it on a stage. And I think we did uh, well, I think we, um we could have been more prepared had we known some of the things we might have needed to but we we definitely had a great time it was a it was amazing you know Bobby and I got to walk out of one club to be dragged up to um a couple's apartment to play on uh Bobby Whitlock's piano and we did a little jam you know up up in this hotel, well, it wasn't a hotel, it was a, a condo, I guess, that looked out over the one of the main drags in Memphis. And, and uh, it was at that moment, I was starting to realize, hey, I'm, we're here in, in the place of music, as as we know it, you know, Elvis Presley, all those blues greats, uh, B.B. King, Howlin' Wolf, uh, then you start actually searching. You know, you're going to walk up and down Beale and and you're going to start looking for all the little pictures in the clubs and and talking to whoever you can to find out more
0: about the music of that time. We just didn't have enough time. We just didn't. Yeah, it's an incredible city. I mean, I, I would love to go back, but that, you know, I mean, and the band's playing in the park and it's just... So much going on and bobby whitlock i mean wow i mean from playing from you know with back and clapton on the layla record and uh, uh bonnie and delaney i mean just incredible songwriter musician singer himself to be able to sit down at, at that piano would just must have been unbelievable
1: oh it was awesome it was awesome <laughs> yeah we had uh felony samson the third i can't remember his first name at the moment but he uh sat in on drums halfway through our jam There's going to be a nice little um, recording of it in in Brad Marshall's uh, uh, documentary that he's putting together. It's going to it's a long process, but we'll see what happens there. Brad's been doing a wonderful background uh, gathering of video footage and um, connecting us with the trip that went down to Memphis. And then we turned around, of course, and came all the way back to Kitchener and darted straight up to Elk Lake. So was like I don't know two thousand four hundred kilometers or something. I got not have to look at the, yeah, quite a trip.
0: You know, yeah. well that's great, and, and that's great to hear. He's documenting that. I mean, there's been so much outstanding music and so many bands and artists out of Kitchener, and, and just different connections that we've had with Mel Brown, and you know the Guess Who writing American Woman here in town, and, and things like that. So it's awesome that that's being captured. So out of that contest, um, now you guys play. Sorry, what? you guys came out where at the end of that competition. Uh we were
1: semi-finalists so we were in the top 30 um blues bands. Uh according to the actual competition you're in the top 30 in the world. <laughs> um however uh after we played there were some pretty pretty amazing uh musicians playing down the strip, you know, after us. It was it was a it was awesome. It was an excellent experience. So yeah, we were into the semifinals um didn't make it for the last day i went uh, to collect our cds on the last day uh, that i had put in for sale and a woman just handed me a bag of money wow and and i said um oh uh, i can i collect the cds too and she said honey (laughs) there ain't no cds left (laughs) and i said wow that's great she says just take the money and run. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that was pretty awesome. Oh. Um, we sold out the CDs that we had given them. I maybe uh would have liked to have given them more, but um that helped a know, little bit.
2: Well, yeah.
0: so, a whole legion of fans, and obviously you, you've developed down there. Now you told me you had some gigs that were booked out of that, but unfortunately, due to COVID,
1: yeah, that got thrown out of the way. So so um our state's possibilities for gigs were you know, we're going to keep the contacts and hopefully um, we'll be able to figure that out to go back down. I mean, it's a it's a real task to take um, seven players anywhere. And when it comes to going to America, you have to jump through a whole bunch of loopholes um, in order to get your visas and everything to go down and work. Uh, and it's very expensive. So for them to pay for a Canadian band to come down is it's, it's quite a bit of money and there's a process that we have to learn in order to go down so yeah we're hoping to go back down i have a friend uh, that i think is going to connect us with a proper process so that we have an agency down there and we don't have to pay the taxes from each state they'll all go to one state hopefully and
0: things to learn you know things that we'll have to learn if we're going to go down and play it's an education I can imagine yeah. So you no know, what's with this is it several fans or is there's one guy that's going around with fog shirts taking pictures all over the place and I saw one posted from the arctic circle <laughs> yeah yeah so what's happening
1: is we're selling the t-shirts for the band and um, you know I asked a long time ago if people could you know take a picture of themselves wearing the t-shirt somewhere special and i didn't realize we get so many people sending pictures back but even better i didn't realize they start sending them back from around the world <laughs> right and uh so when i started putting them together into a video and i put that video on a thumb drive and wherever there's a jumbotron when we play they can plug that in and put it on the screen and it shows people wearing t-shirts you know the fog t-shirt in in some incredible places we have we have um south america we have uh ireland we have um all across canada um where else i think australia like we've got pictures of people wearing them in places where people can connect you know right Uh, grand old opry um it's it's pretty cool. You're gonna have to actually put titles under each person's, you know, picture as to where they are to uh, connect,
0: sure. uh connect that, you know. Well, that's great. I mean, all of that must just get you guys itching to get out and play again.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you know, if we don't get out to play soon, I think Al, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to strap him down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's uh he's so itching to get out and play i like he you know it, it's uh he's going crazy you know yeah. and uh and uh playing's really what al loves to do uh the whole band does you know but um yeah we miss it we, yeah. we miss uh, getting well, out I there to the play fans, i
0: think the fans miss you too we want to see you guys back out there soon so fingers crossed everybody's getting their shots and wearing their masks and keep the distance going and hopefully we can eradicate this and get back to live music in KW well worldwide.
2: Let's hope.
0: Yeah, that'd be great.
3: Come on down to the river, we're gonna have a mighty good time ¶¶¶ Come on down to the river, we're gonna have a mighty good time ¶¶¶ We can dance by the river, let loose and really unwind ¶¶¶ Hey, you know your friends are going ¶¶¶ So don't take too much time ¶¶¶ Don't want to waste a moment ¶¶ If you go, you can save your soul There ain't no rhythm or rhyme
2: Come on down to
3: the river We're gonna have a mighty good
2: time Come on down
3: to the river We're gonna have a mighty good time We can dance by the river Let's and really unwind a good kind you love until the break of dawn Going down to the river We're gonna have a mighty good time Come on down to the river Let loose and really unwind Your daddy don't want any shaking tonight So don't go tell him what you're doing All right. Cause when you're out You know he gets nasty We're gonna have a mighty good time
0: So on the note of gigs, do you have a favorite gig that you've played over the years, whether it was with Fog or a different band? I gotta tell you, one of
1: one of my favorite gigs so far has been the West Coast Blues Festival. Um, mainly because the people putting on the festival were really supportive of the band and they they gave us free reign of our stage and we went in and, and we had the there's nothing better than you know the sun going down as you're playing and the light starting to come up, you know, because the darkness is coming in and, you know, being on a beach when you're doing that, like right there in Godrich. So we were in the, in the center of Godrich. that was a really special show, you know, and we're hoping that, um, we get to play, uh, the lighthouse this year and experience somewhat the same sort of thing, you know, um, we've got a place up there and, uh, you know we love the coast so i think playing the coast is uh is the most <laughs> you know it, it, it is unbelievable um worst gig worst gig wow you know i don't think there's such a thing as a worst gig for me um even if i am choking because i have a cold you know i'm i'm where i want to be so it can be a whole and i'm happy you're gonna play no matter what yeah i don't think there's such a thing as a worst gig you know maybe when a musician's not on on uh maybe out of sorts (laughs) right that that might be a worst gig but nothing's gonna stop the rest of us from plowing through yeah
0: you know no on that note it must be tough i mean i always think you know keeping a band together whether it's three piece four piece is almost like a marriage or you know you've got all these different so your band i mean you've got all these people how do how do you keep it going and keep everybody from sort of getting on edge and making sure everybody gets you know the exposure they want to get and things are clicking and humming along we're really kind of
1: fortunate that um the people that have stayed solid and true to the band right now their most important goal in life is to be able to play music right um i don't think that we even have enough time to look at each other and get to know each other enough to piss each other off. You know, I don't, I, you know, like maybe someday, uh, but in general, we just don't, we're just focused. We yeah. we just want to keep playing. And, and we've got a statement that we've made a long time ago. Uh, the train's rolling and you can get off anytime you want and you can get back on uh, providing, you know, it's,
0: it's a space for you, you know, So that's what we do. Right. Now there now there has been some lineup changes over the last year or so. And I mean, is that just sort of natural evolution of the band? Is I think that's a tough question, you know, because you never
1: want anyone to leave or come back. But I think one of the changes was inevitable. The other change was based on a need. Right. um so
0: that's a really tough question well we'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so any sort of funny stories were war stories from the road or funniest gigs or oh if we got i don't know if we got funny stories
1: with this band sure we do just um <laughs> i i think i think with us The funniest thing that we ever have is uh, our space on stage and how we're going to navigate for a show. Um, I'm used to, throughout history, I've played with a lot of four-piece bands and been able to run all over the stage. But I'm a bigger boy now, and and uh, there's a couple you know, of us on stage. We all have to learn how to play in four-by-four. Mm -hmm. and that's it you know so i think that was the hardest thing to do to try not to get you know guitar necks shoved in your face or horns horns you know pushing you off the stage you know that's the toughest thing and finding a big stage is 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 that's the best for us you know a big stage gives us some room that's great otherwise we've actually learned to uh stay in our spot and do the best we can to make a show happen you know
0: yeah i can imagine that's a challenge i mean you know even some some places some venues i've seen for three or four beast bands it's tight but to have a band of your side crammed onto one of those little stages (laughs) we've done it
1: we've done it we've we've put you know three of us on the floor or four of us on the floor just to get you know through the show sort of thing and the rest of the guys on the stage we've done it you know anything anything we can you know we'll put that guy up in the corner on that pedestal and that guy you know down there as long as he's not in front of the speaker feeding back everything's good you know <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. get inventive so now you you're working on a new album
1: we are yeah we have uh we have about 15 tracks together um and uh we're at a point where we need john's input because um truthfully I think that's a blessing for us too. We got, we got John to produce for us. He's the guy who can actually sit down and look at us and say, that's great. Okay. But we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. And everyone understands that's the man, that's the guy who really knows what's going on. We just follow suit. Sure. So it's good to have someone there that can, can grab us, put us in the right direction whether we think it's the right one or not um it's it's a it's the strong strongest part of this band is that the
0: ability to say all right that's what John said let's just do that yeah, i I think that's healthy I think that's important and you know you know over the years some of the greatest bands and, and the biggest success they always had that strong studio producer or you know somebody who could really be objective and and you know, make sure that the best songs are coming out, the best sound is coming out and to really showcase the band. So it's, it's amazing that you've got somebody you can trust like that. So do we have an estimated uh, sort of release date for this? That is
1: questionable. I mean, um, we were supposed to have been recording five months ago. Uh, So two lockdowns now um, and the lockdowns have really stopped us from recording. And I got to tell you, lockdown is probably the worst thing. To happen to a band because during lockdown you listen to the tracks and you decide that needs rewriting, and um, when we get back together we all have to say no 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 no, we gotta stay the course and not rewrite 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 rewrite. Um, so you don't just
0: become as- analysis paralysis. And-
1: <laughs> exactly, and and uh, I gotta tell you. Lockdowns allow you to do do just that. So I have actually gone off and set up my studio down in my basement. And I've been doing a dance album just to keep me sane. Right. And and uh again, MIDI. Uh I get to play with whatever sound I want with that MIDI control. And uh so I'm creating some pretty crazy funny stuff right now. You know, I've actually done a CD. I, I'm gonna throw it out there on cd baby or something like that just for fun and uh i think i gave you one of those tracks too so yeah can't wait to yeah. hear that
3: all about this emotion melancholy inside knocked away in a basement musical journey It's alright, it's alright, it's alright for you But I got no ecstasy It's alright, it's alright, it's alright for you But I got no ecstasy Twisting and turning, landing from falling Living in lockdown at bay Happy in moments, choking on tears Clutching to hope, still alive It's alright, it's alright, it's alright for you, but I got no ecstasy. It's alright, it's alright, it's alright for you, but I got no ecstasy.
2: You can't
0: occurred to me that there may be a bit of a full circle moment you'd mentioned earlier working with the horn players from from the ludus band and you know ray and and dave it may have actually been them now they had actually played on prisoners of the heart which i had you come in and sing with cheryl lescom right,
3: right that's, that's right
0: year, so uh so thank you very much for that i mean but yeah it was a real kick uh to have those guys on that record i knew ray from way back i'd never met dave prior to that session but uh well, thanks for inviting me. That
1: that turned out to be a pretty awesome song, you know. So that's you know, and and a good introduction to some new people, you know.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's it never uh, stopped. We're always moving forward. Um, now, I think we have another maybe a mutual friend, Ed Waba.
1: Oh yeah, Ed Ed was uh, the drummer for Jigsaw, and that was uh, the first band out of high school that really connected us to the kitchener scene so we we did uh we rocked man we we rocked big time we would play the cornet we'd play the highlands uh go to work and then play whatever bigger club we could get into and we worked really hard and it was all original material um that uh, made us different than everyone else because that's one thing i've been very fortunate for is most of the bands i've ever played with have focused on playing original music. Right. I've well, I've always thought what you know, if you can do a cover tune extremely well, that's great, but who cares? I mean for 10 minutes you can be on top of the world and people can say, "Hey, wow, man, you did a great job of that uh, Van Halen tune." And we can go, "Yeah." And then it's over. Yeah. You know, but if you can write a song and captivate people and actually have them still there at the end of the night. Um, you're doing something right. And that's something that uh, Jigsaw was able to do. You know, we connected, we we put on a, I think, a pretty good show. You'd have to maybe go back and talk to people that used to come out and watch us play, but uh, they were constant. They were always there and we had a great time and it it got us to... Uh, the point where we were opening for bands like bto um molly hatchet uh you know
0: some good bands (laughs) and that was a great experience that's great i know ed had a new album out last year which i've listened to a great album and maybe we'll have him on a future show who knows Um, well he's a he's a pretty amazing songwriter ed is you know he he really is i mean he can sing and he's a hell of a drummer and great songwriter and just just a really great guy so um so now I think we're probably getting towards the end of time here. We've got probably over an hour's worth of kind of recording here. So this may end up morphing into a two-part show. We haven't really talked um about any of the songs specifically on the new on, on the most recent fog album, um, Fog Blues and Brass Band into the fog. So tell me a little bit about some of those songs, how they came together, what your favorite songs are. Well, what, song, two- what songs maybe you're going to kind of carry forward and kind of being part of the style going forward is. Is the new album going to be an extension of that or are we looking for a different sound? The new album has, is going to have a
1: change. Um, I mean, the roots are going to be there, but Memphis did something to us, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So the new album is going to have a a little bit of a change. I think what started this, like what started Fog Off was two songs that I wrote with uh, Steve Offner and um, Ralph Bagley who I played with in a band called Little Loco. And those two songs are what really got us into starting off on original uh, content. So when this band first got together, we were just going to do a bunch of cover tunes. We were going to play more or less dance blues songs and and just be a band that goes out and has a lot of fun. But the, it quickly turned into, we better do something better than this because... this band's worth it this band's got a there's a lot of talent in the band so we better start connecting and and see if we can actually put our best foot forward so we did and um those two songs uh really did start us off um i mean steve and i wrote for years together pretty close to 30 years i played with steve and he's uh he's a pretty amazing you know person to write songs with because we we really bounced off of each other uh, well for all of those years. Um, So what we did is we went to some outside sources and uh, Bill Mononen brought two songs to the table. Now Bill wrote um, along with Copper Penny wrote uh, Sitting on a Poor Man's Throne and and bill and i met after a show uh that we did it was it was a show to support bob young's daughter who had had been um through a, a fire that had taken pretty much everything they had so bill and his wife came out to see that show and i ended up sitting with bill and and there was a chemistry between the two of us and uh i sort of threw it out there thinking he's just going to laugh at me but I said you know hey you might want to write some songs for the band and uh lo and behold he said yep I would like to do that so uh that got us connected with some more songwriting uh then we all I also um was thinking we should get one hit song and um do something and it was the 50th year um anniversary for the stink album uh by mckenna mendelson mainline so i thought what might as well just give it a shot and i i called uh joe mendelson and he said sure have at her um and he gave me his company name and everything to send everything off to make sure that he gets the royalties and i and uh and we went ahead and recorded it, and I sent it to him, and he said, uh, good job. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was pretty awesome. That was a great experience as well. That was uh,
0: really rewarding to hear, for sure.
1: And we also had one other song written by Ted. Um, now, I'm going to screw up Ted's last name is this is Zaworski, i think it is anyways he did play uh with i think he worked with copper penny and he also worked with yukon which uh bobby played in yep. and um ted ted's song's pretty amazing as well so so yeah we got some pretty awesome people behind us uh for for some of the songs and then i ended up writing some more songs and uh bringing them down to the guys and they uh they connected with them and um, they tore them apart and made them even better you know so and
0: that teams started working and it works out pretty good now so that's great well we'll definitely have you back when the new album's out and talk a bit about that and play some songs from that the bobby becker i mean he's got quite the heritage himself and oh yeah
1: yeah it's coming from i mean there was a time as as a kid um the Rembrandts, there's an article I read. And uh, in the article, they said, if, if it wasn't for the fact that they were in Canada, they may have been the Beatles, you know, they may have been as big as the Beatles, back when they were younger, you know, Um, Canada was such a vast area to travel from gig to gig. And, uh, you know, there was no radio city that they were, immersed in as kids like that right where where you know the Beatles were in right in the middle of the right place at the right time right um then Elvis was right there in Memphis right place right time uh Elvis followed the black music and really was the first white singer that brought black music to the microphone and I gotta tell you man that's once you get hooked into that music you're there that's that's
2: where
1: that's where we got a gift man that's a gift to everyone in the whole world of music is is
0: is black music I love it it's the best you know I couldn't agree more just hooks you for life oh yeah that's for sure we are coming up on the end of our time here hills it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show awesome so i'd like to end the show uh, with the uh, questionnaire by bernard pivo made famous by james lipton of the actor's studio so we've got 10 questions are you ready for this sure all right what is your favorite word love nice what is your least favorite word hate <laughs> what turned you on creatively spiritually emotionally music and what turns you off
1: I don't get turned off very often um, let me you know what turns me off uh,
0: violence now this next one we may have to edit out because it's the morning show what we'll give it a shot what is your favorite curse word that that would be the F word <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll just leave it at that uh, what sound or noise do you love?
1: I love harmonica I love it isn't it great
0: what sound or noise do you hate um, the reed blown out in my harmonica
1: <laughs> that's, that's the one I hate when you go for
0: that note and it's gone <laughs> yeah. what profession other than your own would you like to attempt um, acting maybe
1: that might be something
0: <laughs> that would probably be it it seems a lot of actors want to be musicians musicians want to be actors uh, <laughs> what profession would you not like to do i would like to stay away from
1: ever working on sewers <laughs> that, that's a profession i don't want
0: <laughs> thank god we have somebody who will take that on uh, and if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates Lock the gates. Don't <laughs> let them in. <laughs> Not really.
1: <laughs> I I don't know. uh You did okay, kid.
0: Nice. That would be good. Well, on that yeah. note, you did okay, kid. Thanks, Hills. It was a great interview. It was really a pleasure getting to chat with you and getting to know you a little bit better. And uh, I look forward to getting this on the air so the rest of the world can hear it as well. Awesome. Thanks, Stu. All right. Take care, man. All right. Ciao for now. All right.
1: This is Hills of the Fog Blues and Brass Band. You're listening to Musicians FAQ on CKMS 102.7 Radio, Waterloo. With your host,
3: Stuart McKee.
0: Thank you for listening to Musicians FAQ Podcast with your host, Stuart McKee. We're here every week with
2: great Canadian musical artists,